Welcome to the Think Generational Wealth Podcast, episode number 64. And I am your host, Amir Estimo. In today's episode, we will do a case study on land investing. So last week's episode, 63, I talked about why 10 reasons why you should invest in land. In this episode, it's probably a relatively short episode because this is just a quick case study on to show you why land is a great investment. Now, as I stated last episode is, first of all, I would always want to open up my podcast with gratitude and appreciation. So I am grateful and appreciative of anyone that takes the time and listens to this um, podcast episode. Because you could be doing anything in the world. But the fact that you're taking time to listen to this podcast is much appreciative. So I appreciate you. And hopefully this podcast is of value to you and inspires you to take action just like it did me on starting my land investing business and also podcasting. Now, let's dive right into this. Okay, so... This case study is uh, it's going to be kind of a two part. Um, the reason I'm saying this is the first one is um, I will I want to state how I got my first land deal under contract. Mm-hmm. And then the second part is um, my business partner who I one thing you're going to learn is whether it's land investing or maybe some type of business. Sometimes two heads are better than one. So I actually want to leverage my business partner experience deal and to show you guys how you can make some profits in land investing. All right, here we go. So for me, um, I got my first deal in the contract is I did a, a mailing campaign. So. I sent this mail campaign out. Basically, it was a list and it basically had different areas because this was a test. I wanted to see what basically hit, what came back, who responded to the marketing um, as I sent basically blind offers to these um, sellers. Apologies if you hear my voice feeling a little raspy as I'm recovering from COVID-19. So apologies in advance if you feel that, if you see, hear the raspiness in my voice. Okay. So as I sent these letters out, I ended up finding a a seller who wanted to sell their property out in Utah. So I sent out an offer for the property of $12,700. Now it's two things I could do with this property. One, I can close on this property myself. Or two, I can actually, I got this property under contract, but I can market this property out to different buyers. Now, one thing is uh, I would suggest is if you end up keeping land, then you want to be able to probably keep it in a location of maybe somewhere you want to visit in the future or 
where you currently where you currently reside. So for me, I reside in Texas. So I would probably buy more land in Texas and keep it because that's where I'm home. That is in the state of Texas. But now, or let's say I have interest of buying properties out in Florida and some parts of Georgia too. So those are, those will probably be the three main area because those will probably be the areas besides Texas, Florida, and Georgia that I plan on attending visiting a little bit more. So if I want to do buy and hold, I would buy and hold probably in those three states. But if I just want to be able to make a profit, then I would probably, wherever I choose, let's say it's maybe Utah, let's say it's probably Colorado, let's say it's probably North Carolina, somewhere like that, or Tennessee, then those areas, since those are probably not areas I have much interest in really uh, local, like staying, I would probably just buy the property and then flip the property for profit. So as I got this property, since it's in Utah, I got it under contract for $12,700. Now, the comps in that area, it was pretty difficult to comp that area because uh, there was not much, uh, how can I say, activity going on in that area. As far as uh, transactions, um, it's not com compared to maybe like Texas where the, there's constant transactions. But the problem is, is you're going to be paying a high dollar amount. So versus a place maybe like Utah may not have, and depending on where the area, if especially if it's a rural area, very mountainous, you may not get that. It may take a little bit longer to get your money back, but you don't pay as much. So as we comp the area, um, I ended up, we were able to, able to comp the, now remember, we're getting these deals, we're putting it, we're getting it at a discount and we're selling it at a discount. Now, if you want to sell it at market value, it's probably best that you close on the property. Then you can sell it at retail value, but it's probably going to take you longer to move the property because the retail buyers may not be as much compared to the off market buyers. So you want to keep that in mind is if you attend, if your attention is to get a bigger. Now, you will make a bigger profit if you sell it at retail versus the discounted. But it may take you longer to turn the property. So the two options I decide to have is, OK, I can close on this property or I can take this property and flip it to another investor for profit. So what I've decided to do is I've got it under contract and I'm giving it a chance to say, OK, you know what? I'm sending it out at a discounted rate and a discounted rate is after we ran our comps was $47,000, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around there. Again, land is something that's more of a patient. You can actually, you can flip it and make more money and, and you can get a property under contract, maybe sell it in weeks. But then you may get a property under contract, it may take you months, sometime even a year, up to a year. It just really depends on the buyer. It's not really it's not much you can do besides market the property, talk to individuals in that area 
uh, maybe realtors or other investors in that area. But other than that, it may take you a while to sell these properties. So you just got to keep in mind, you got to be patient because if you're coming in with the mindset of, oh, I want to make money, make money, make money, right? You're going to make the money. But if you, let's say two weeks, three weeks, month, two months, three months down the road, and you don't flip these properties, you got to keep that in mind is that you don't want to discourage. You just want to make sure you be patient. Just be patient. It will come. So $47,000, I put it under, excuse me, I put it under, I put it out in the market. I didn't really get a lot of responses. So what I've done so far is I knocked off a few thousand dollars off the properties. So I actually ended up in that property. The seller had a, another property that was adjacent from the one that I actually contacted the seller about. So I ended up picking up both the properties for $12,700. And right now, if I sell both those properties, which um, right now I'm currently in the process of doing, is if you take it, the properties, let's say me and the buyer, we end up agreeing to 45,000 for each property. Now these properties are 9.93 acres per uh, property. So 9.93 acres. So I got the property under contract for $12,700 and it's 9.93 acres. So for each acre, it's $1,278. Okay. Now, if I sell these properties, both of them at, um, which I got them both under contract at 12,700 and I sell them for 45,000 each, I have a chance of making $64,600. But keep in mind, though, so far is I've had these properties under contract for about two months right now, and I'm actually now getting traction and I'm in negotiation with a uh, current buyer right now. So I'm hoping within the next maybe two weeks, we close on these properties. So once I close on this property, you will get you will hear it. You will get a. You will hear it. You will hear me talk about that. But that's basically what I have right now in a nutshell. So 9.93 acres. So I would have bought two 9.93 acre properties land, which totals up to 19.86 for $25,400 for 19 for 19 point, I think it was 93 or something like that. I forgot the math, but 19.93 acres. I got it for under $30,000. And then I'm at the point now is once I find the end, but because the state of Utah is a little different and that's another thing you want to keep in mind. Each state has different laws regarding when it comes to land transactions. So not, it's not a one, it's not a one size fits all. Every state is different. So in the state is Texas, you can probably double close, but in Utah, you can't double close. You actually have to have the, the funds lined up before you can close on the other property. And you can't use the buyer's funds. So you have to use your own funds. 
So that's why the partnership came in with my partner. My partner actually had a property that she bought and she, she bought her own money in Tennessee. Uh, this property, I think it was 20 acres. Now 20 acres, she got, got the property under contract. She bought the property for, I think it was, I wanna say it was for $60,000. So she got a 20 acre property for $60,000. And she found a buyer who was willing to pay $107,000 for the 20 acre property out in Tennessee. Guess what? She made $47,000 on this deal. I remember saying this on the last episode is I had saw an ad on Facebook and then it got me interested into land. But all what else got me interested too was when I started the land business, I actually struggled for a little bit. And that's why I'm saying I'm still learning. So even if I'm 70%, I'm still not an expert. And even when you do become an expert, you should now become a teacher. And when you're a teacher, you're still learning because you're teaching and you're still learning yourself. So learning never stops. And it's for you to become a master expert, you have to be willing to take the falls, the downfalls, the mistakes. So that's why it was imperative for me to finally just partner up with someone who leveraged their expertise. And even maybe I don't have the capital, maybe leverage their the capital and we partner and we close on the deal rather than let that deal sit there an extra two months because you want to be greedy and keep all the profits it's probably just best to partner with someone who may have the buyers and you don't have you can talk to and you can just split the profits and you do a jv deal on there so that's a that's an option and as you see the property in Utah and what my partner did in Tennessee, as you can see, the the prop, you see the margin in between. You can actually find a land deal that, like I said last episode, a thousand dollars. And let's say you turn around and sell it for fifty thousand dollars and you would have made yourself forty nine thousand dollars. Now, if you would have did probably, let's say, wholesaling or Let's say you you were a realtor or a rehabber. A rehabber, you guess what you have to do? You gotta get the the, the property under contract. You gotta get it at a discounted rate because you can't pay full price. And then you may have to put what another thirty thousand dollars into the property. Then you're still responsible for electricity. And if you have HOA fees, you gotta deal with that. Property taxes, just depending how long has it been. You got to deal with that. Also, you got to deal with the fact that you may have that property. If you don't sell it for every time you don't sell it, there's a property. There is a chance that you're losing money versus here in this land deal. You may as a rehab flipper, you may turn around and make the same profit as what my partner did. And actually, even for me, who has the potential of making that profit it may take me longer. It may take you longer, but your cost on the residential side is higher than me. So, again, all it is is getting the property under contract for cheap. 
you have the option to close it on yourself, use your funds. And if it's if it's something that's worth where you have the money, just use your own funds. Now, if it's something big where you don't partner with someone, don't sit there and be greedy and say, well, I want to keep all the profits. Well, that's good and all dandy, but it's going to take you longer. But a good thing about land, you're not having the, the holding costs. And that's another thing I failed to mention with the residential side. If you use a transactional buyer, um, fund, private lender, or let's say you even use a hard money lend, you got fees you got to pay, holding costs you got to pay. So that $47,000 that you made probably should have been more like sixty, but because of the fact that you had holding costs in between, that's the thing that eats up your profit. On the land side, you don't have that. You can make $47,000 on the land side and still not have to worry about the holding costs you have to deal with. Okay? Hopefully that helps, guys. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to this episode. Rate and review the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your content. Please, I appreciate anyone that leaves a review. It's only going to make me better. It's only going to make me, hey, maybe there's some things I can fine-tune with the show. But other than that, thank you very much. And I'm going to leave you with this quote. And actually, this is a, if you're a Marvel fanatic, I'm a big Marvel fanatic. I'm going to leave you with this quote. Some of the hardest choices requires the strongest will. Thanos. Thank you. Much love. See you guys next week.